Welcome to Crossfade, the dueling album review show about expanding your musical horizons. I'm Matt Helgeson, your host as always, and uh, we're uh, we're coming back to do a second round of Patreon picks, Patreon listener picks. Uh, Jason Daphnis is here once again, and we're gonna we're gonna run through these. This should be fun, Jason. Yeah, I, th- I think it will be too. Uh, we got a really clean slate of 20 songs here, pulled from a list of like I don't know 70, 80 that totally panned out from our first call. Uh, I I was really looking forward to the next time we do this. Yeah, so just you know, for for all the people in the Discord and and everything that you know submitted uh, the Patreon people, um, y- you know, obviously. Thank you so much for your support. We wanted to come back to this because it was it was so much uh, response, which was great. We weren't able to get through uh, as many as we would have liked to, and we we said we'd come back to do a part two. Um, we'll probably have to let this format lie a little bit, but we we you know said, sort of said earlier in in, in twenty twenty one we were going to do this, so we wanted to kind of follow through on that for you. And once again, you know, thank all our Patreon supporters, uh, MinMax Patreon supporters, for your your financial support that allows us to do this. And you know, if you're interested in being involved in some of these community events. As time goes on, you know, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash minmax, M-I-N-N-M-A-X, and, you know, donate at any level. Maybe you have a little Christmas money left over. Maybe you became a millionaire uh, in GameStop stock as a joke, <laughs> and you, you could pledge at the $1,000 a month level. Why not? N- money's not real. Uh, it's just all numbers in a computer somewhere. So send some of those numbers our way if you feel like it. Um, so let's get into it. Speaking of dystopia, let's start out with a very dystopian band, the excellent noise rap duo, uh, Death Grips. Hey, no ins and outs. You come out, your shit is gone. Bitch. <laughs> This is, of course, Death Grips, Hacker, suggested to us by MinMax supporter Bo Finley. Thank you very much, Bo, for your suggestion. Matt, what is your history with, with the Grips? Uh, yeah, I was an early adopter. They had put out their first album, Ex Military. I think it was free. You could just download it on the internet. And um, I kind of knew Zach Hill. Uh, it's MC Ride and Zach Hill. I think there might be a third guy sometimes, but um, he was in a band called Hella, this real like kind of noise math band of mm-hmm. like the early two thousands, and I was a big fan of Hella. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's I, I haven't listened to it in a long time because it's like I, I don't know. I'm finding that my musical tastes in quarantine have kind of gotten soft, Jason. I'm getting soft. What do you What do you mean? Are you going back to stuff that you like or no, not trying just, new things? It's just no. It's just music that's kind of hectic right now i have mm. trouble like getting in that headspace but um okay, i mean i've always yeah. liked how they kind of like take elements of kind of noise rock stuff and you know the weirder edge of like hip-hop and and you know electronic music and stuff and i mean mm-hmm. and, it, and it, but yet it's catchy in this way you know it's like i'm in your area you know it's, it's yeah it's always like got hooks, this you know this is a song that like I only know because there are memes around it, and frankly, Death Grips because all that I know about them is that they were like they're prolific among 4chan communities and very like embedded internet communities. I hadn't listened much to Death Grips. I think I know um, what is the song everybody knows from them? Uh, I've seen footage. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And, yep. and and this one are the only two that I knew, and it was mostly because again there was a meme about like it was one of those community type like take a tab type flyers, uh, mocked up with with MC Ride's face, and it said like, pardon, but teaching bitches how to swim, I'm in your area, prodigal, fuck that nautical, just like the lyrics from this song set in that format. So I've never been able to detach them from meme culture, and I don't know if that helps or hurts them in my mind, but interesting to get to d- dive into them. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, that makes sense. I, I guess I hadn't really followed all that, you know. Yeah, like, again, but, uh, I've been too online for too long. <laughs> <laughs> true, that's, that's very true. Jason, you don't end up having a podcast unless you're too online. That's, oh, my that's, God. <laughs> and I've only become uh, more online. Yeah, I mean, these guys are fun. I mean, I do like that they're abrasive, but yet there's a certain, like, hookiness to them always. Even yeah, though they're, yeah. like, the most extreme kind of grading stuff, which... And I have a pretty high tolerance for noise in mm-hmm. general um, and, like, kind of grading stuff. I, I don't kind of like it in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so shout out. Hella is a good band, too. Way different. Check them out. Spencer Syme, the guitarist from Hella, also had the best video game band of all time, The Advantage. The which, Advantage? Yes. They had one album out on... I've Rue Christine records like maybe a decade ago and they, nice. they did the whole like Nintendo kind of stuff as a live band and I thought it was so much better than like the mini bosses. Oh, were they like plug in a Game Boy and do the chip tune and everything? No, live band versions of Nintendo stuff. Oh, nice. But, but they came from a kind of a weirder, more like, you know, avant-garde math rock kind of background. So I thought it was a little bit more interesting than some of those mm-hmm. other groups. Um, anyway, but yeah, dude, Death Grips is great. That was a fun pick. I hadn't heard that song for a long time. And yeah, yeah. Um, thank you, Bo. Out. Yeah, shout out. Uh, so, Matt, what do you think of when you think of the name Ivanka? Hmm. Hmm. I don't follow. No, I don't no follow. Media con- no I don't media follow politics, Jason. No, I don't follow <laughs> politics, Jason. Who's that? Well, not technically politics anymore, Matt. If you, uh, that's true. If you consider the date on the calendar. Uh, our next song comes to us from uh, the ever-present Michael Lynch. It is the network with Ivanka Kaka is a Nazi. Wow. Uh, says the yeah, and I, I'm I'm pronouncing it. As written, Matt. I'm just giving them. I'm just reading what the cue card says. With a KKK uh, and, in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number one, it's, let's 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 shout out Ice Cube, America's Most Wanted with three Ks. Ooh, I believe he was the originator of that. So what a callback. Uh, shout out, shout out to him. Uh, shout Bob, out to Ice Cube for having so this, like one this of the group just doesn't. They don't like girl bosses, I guess, huh? Yeah, they're wow. just hating. They hate they're to hating. see a girl boss winning. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mike, this is Michael kind of Lynch. an interesting song because it's kind of a like a well we'll get into it but it's sort of a bait and switch because it sort of it, it fools you into thinking it's kind of like synth wave but mm-hmm. like at its heart it's kind of more like a '90s like pop punk like Blink One Eighty Two song like done in the synth style which is kind of uh-huh. interesting. Now maybe I'll reveal something to you along the way, but this is Ivanka is a Nazi given to us by Michael Lynch. Vocoder is always cool. Yeah, yeah, that Giorgio Moroder ass sound. See here, I'm thinking it's like kind of a synth wave, kind of outrun. Yeah, thing. got a little bit of an industrial sound in the in the percussion. Uh, the lyrics are, you know, super cryptic. They're talking about somebody named Donald, somebody else named like Jared. I'm, I'm really not sure. It must've been a pretty personal song for them. But, um, again, you know, I, I'm not much of a lyrics guy. See, now it's, 
it, it's almost closer to like a Blink-182 song at this point. You know what I'm I mean? just going to let it loose. All three members of Green Day are in this band. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. L- very literally. Like, you, you hit it on the head. That's so funny. <laughs> it, it's a good bait and switch. Oh, my God. I should have said Green Day instead of Blink-182. But, yeah, the same era, you know? Very much the same vibe. Uh, it is wow. sort of their protest side. Well, I mean, they are they already write a bunch of protest songs. But it's their protest side project. Uh, that is very heavily like synth wave techno electronica sounds, but wow. yeah, good good ear. Yeah, let's listen to this now. I'm, this is curious now. Yeah, totally. Wow, that's yeah, funny. you hear it, right? You know, I want to show because now I'm I'm really even more interested because like. Now I know that they're old enough to know this, but there was a dude back in the 90s called Adam, A-T-O-M, and his mm-hmm. package that did stuff a lot like this. Like, underground guy. He, he kind of did, like, weird, like, synth pop, kind of punk synth pop. It was, like, real primitive, like, Casio stuff. And uh, that's kind of interesting because, like, I mean, I thought these were, like, guys that were, like, 20 or something. You know what I mean? So, not, but, like, Billy Joe definitely would know that guy, but... Yeah, for sure. And it it's, like, he... You know that they grew up around music like this, around like new wave sound and like mid late new wave. So it's fun to see that influence come through in wow, <laughs> a that's song interesting. just so wow, boggly. Yeah. Like yeah, huh? I like it. I like it. Thank you, well, Michael. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, that that's a fun. I, I'm glad I didn't look up anything about this band. <laughs> Same. I was, I was happy to be able to break that one to you. <laughs> Yeah, you can take the boys out of Green Day, but you can't take the Green Day out of the boys. You know what I mean? That's what they say. I've heard that's, that. That's many what my times. grandma used to say. <laughs> our, uh, our ne- I guess Matt, I've always been tickled by the fact that there is a, like a legitimate, um, like a rivalry between uh, the White Stripes, Jack White, and the and the the Black Keys. Where where do you fall on in this uh, most pressing of civil wars? Uh, hmm. Man, I haven't listened to the White Stripes in earnest for a, a long time, but I, I definitely went through a phase. I mean, my my opinion, I, I just think, like, I haven't really connected with a lot of Jack White post-White Stripes stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, and the Black Keys are definitely a solid band. Actually, this is might be my favorite song I've heard by them. I haven't, you wow. know, been pretty casual with them. I don't know, put it this way. I always appreciate people that I think sort of are like genuine weirdos that kind of create their own little like universe and mm-hmm, like love mm-hmm. them or hate them. Like Jack White is like a genuine weirdo in music. <laughs> I, 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 I truly appreciate the kind of like ridiculous, like money losing uh, albums he puts out on his label and like mm-hmm. reissues like Jesus Christ. He, he reissued all the laughing hyenas records who are this most like abrasive, like drugged out, like, Detroit, like Michigan, post punk, like scummy drug band of all time, and like I'm sure those sold like in the teens, just because him. he could, right? Yeah, because he, he probably like knew him, like heard him when he was like a little kid, you know. Like so, I I, I appreciate Jack White, and in the, I'm, to me the White Stripes, you know, especially like their earlier records, I think you know had a really great you know minimal sound, and yeah, he probably he I think he probably feels a certain type of way, maybe that you know I don't know. The, the lineups are very similar and, and the style is mm-hmm. very similar. And like, you know, I, he might feel like, you know, they, a little bit spurned, a little bit. They were uh, li- listening like to the lunch. white stripes, I would say probably. Yeah. yeah but yeah. um that's no, you know, the black keys, like that one dude, uh, 
Arbach or whatever, he produces some good records. And they're, they're like, this one, uh, which is, what's this song called? Weight of Love. Weight of Love. I like this because it's full on, like, you know, we're just doing the Neil Young and Crazy Horse thing. Yeah. And like, it is I'm, blues I'm, rock, ass blues rock. And yeah, it's like, it's Cowgirl in the Sand, Neil Young, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm a sucker for that kind of crap. Like, I love it and I can't, I never really get sick of it. So I dug this one. Uh, then you have John Richards to thank. He gave us this song. Thank you very much, John. That theremin always catches me by surprise. I expect this to come in like a Jack White song and just, you know, straight to the guitar and the bass and the drums. But there's like that eerie, ethereal whine in the back. I like that sound a lot. That's great, yeah. It's a good sounding record. What do you think about where this song goes? It's, uh what, like six, seven minutes long, but it's not quite like progressive. It just kind of goes like yeah. that repetitive blues sound that never quite gets old. Like yeah. it varies enough for me, but what did you think? I mean, you're pretty much, that's like the Neil Young thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, those yeah. guys just do like four chords or for like eight minutes and like guitar <laughs> solo over it. It's got a little Zeppelin to it. That kind of like theremin sound reminds me a little bit of like No Quarter by Led Zeppelin or something. Oh, good point, um, yeah. But yeah, like, I, you know... I'm a classic rock fan, so uh, when the the basics of classic rock are done well, I always kind of it hits a certain uh, center in my brain that I, you know, I was just raised. You know, you grew up in the Midwest as well. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. The classic rock radio, like, you know, it it tickles that the best uh, of the, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and today. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's, it tickles the blue oyster cult uh, uh, cortex of your ooh, brain, right? Let's let's not get excited, Jason. <laughs> oh, compared, sorry. I overstepped the line. I understand. To, to what? To Blue Oyster Cult. Like, let's. <laughs> Jason. Cancel, the base? Cult, cancel culture is real. And I just, I'm looking out for you. Um, if you kind of, if you, if you upset the BOC hive on Twitter with stuff like that, it could really be a bad day. <laughs> All right. I'll be careful. Thank you so much. You're my friend and my confidant. <laughs> no, I, I, I like this song quite a bit too. When the bass takes melody in any given song, that's a good, that's, I'm, I'm hooked, you know? Yeah. It's just a solid pentatonics bass line that sounds like it'd be fun and easy to play and fits totally with the vibe mm, and yeah. sticks out. You know, it doesn't just provide like those four chords. It's making a melody of its own. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is Weight of Love by the Black Keys. Unfortunately, we don't have time to go through every single song to its fullest extent, but this one's uh, particularly fortuitous because it does not. I mean, it changes and gets more intense, but it doesn't like change dramatically throughout the song. So I think, I think we're safe to fly on to our next one if you want. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's roll into JPEG Mafia, which um, this one is an artist that I checked out a bit. I've read a few things about him. He seems really interesting. Um, yeah, this this was uh, a nice surprise for me. I found this song like really interesting structurally melodically the production's cool i like how there's sort of like people in the studio just commenting on the song yeah as as you're hearing the song like oh that's a cool chord change or whatever um and i I don't know i i mean going back to our our episode with um with frank ocean uh you know yeah i I just feel like i feel like that you know that you're really seeing and there's another later on uh, there's another artist uh, now i believe uh but you know you got to give it to odd future man like I, i don't know if they were like 
huge commercially, but, and I don't, I'm not saying that they inspired like JPEG mafia directly or anything. I don't know what his inspirations are, but I feel like they opened up a, a zone within R and B and hip hop that made oh, people that are, are a little bit quirkier, a little weirder trying to do some, some different things in RB. I think they made a, a, a sort of a commercially viable zone that people like, like JPEG mafia, um, could come in and, and maybe find an audience that I don't know if the record industry or the music industry thought was there until like odd future kind of just came out like with these weird mixtapes they put out themselves. And pretty soon, like, you know, Tyler's huge and Earl sweatshirts, huge and scissors, huge and Frank ocean's huge. And so I, I just think that was a, a, a positive outgrowth of the whole odd future thing. And, um, and this is a cool song. It's, it's different. This is free the frail by JPEG mafia. Um, let's see. This came to us from, Aiden Vicious, who uh, who says that it's an avant, excuse me, avant-garde rap song by a f- cult favorite artist. You think you know me? You think you fucking know me? That's a good one right there. I love that. It's good. Yeah. The voice that comes in later and is like, it's such a cool chord change. They're, they're right. Like yeah. this song is very harmonically interesting. Very much like it's set up almost like hip hop or rap or maybe even a little bit trap in rhythm, but it's thoroughly R&B in its vocals, which I love. Yeah, I really, this one I really dug. And it was somebody I checked out a bit, a, a couple songs here and there, I think. They would come up in like my Spotify recommendations. But this was a little, some of the other stuff was a little more like rap focused. I, th- I felt like that I heard, but um, a little noisier. But I mean, mm-hmm. he's probably pretty diverse. I, I, this is one of those ones I'm definitely going to like follow up on. because uh, Yeah. Yeah. This is catchy too. It's got it's good. Hooks. Yeah, it's like I don't know if there's a confluence there between like the uh, odd future scene and like um what's his name of Brockhampton. But yeah. like that th- those two groups have definitely opened up a whole new space for you know, somewhere between that rack excuse me, rap, rock, R and B, hip hop, trap yeah. milieu. Yeah. And it's it's some of the most fascinating music out there. I'm 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 ashamed that I don't know more of it, but I'm really happy when people bring it to me and they're like, it comes on good recommendations because yeah, I like, assume there's uh, a lot that's like imitators and not great. But this you, is. Have you checked out the internet? Not like, like the internet. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, check out the, the internet. Couple it's, of- <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'm currently uh, I'm currently losing money on AMC theater stock on the internet right now. It's great. through the internet. Oh yeah, yeah. well, um, that's not a glowing recommendation. No, no, no. The internet's like a, a, a kind of a odder like R and B kind of okay. collective thing. They're pretty cool, but yeah, I mean, I think. You know, this is cool. This was a this was a fun one, and I don't I Definitely. don't mean to like sound like I'm giving Odd Future credit for all these people because like he might have been sure. like operating at the same time as them. But I feel like sometimes like the industry needs people that can sort of like, you know, it's like if you go back to like Nirvana, right? Like, no one thought like a, a sort of a you know grunge punk band could be big until Nirvana was big, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I yeah. Think people thought that like a, a weirder kind of like R and B thing could be big until like you know odd future and frank ocean proved it could be big so that's that's kind of been a cool uh, a cool development i think definitely and even if it's like 
parallel evolution, I'm cool with that. You know, if Brockhampton and Odd Future and the internet all had the same idea at the same time, great, cool. You know, it's just part of how the culture moves forward. Um, let's see. Brandon Freem says, I've been listening to the work of Andrew McMahon since his work, since, uh, excuse me, something corporate. Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness's Fire Escape is our next song. And uh, that was from Brandon Freem on MinMax Patreon. Thank you very much. Do you remember the <laughs> the conversation about the um, around the millennial whoop back a couple of years ago? Yeah, this is big time. The whoa This is big time stuff, millennial yeah. whoop move music. Yeah. It's that exact uh interval that 5 to 3. Whoa, oh, that is like it pisses so many people off and it it kind of pisses me off too because it's very catchy. <laughs> it's like a very catchy is, element of a, yeah, of a song yeah. that I otherwise like don't fall in love with i did not fall in love with the music of uh, andrew mcmahon elsewhere i think i saw something corporate open for somebody else years oh, ago i don't yeah. i don't know that band yeah uh they were sort of they reached popularity early mid-2000s right around the time that i was you know getting in my teenage years and getting music recommendations from friends and other people so like it was naturally part of that group it never stuck in my head the way that other music did um but I'm, I guess I'm mostly impressed that uh, Andrew McMahon was still making music as recently as, you know, two or three years ago. It, he's had a long career. Uh, love him or hate him. Well, I mean, it, you know, it. this is well-crafted, you know, for what it's trying to do. I think that it's, you know, <laughs> certain songs are catchy, man. Like, it's not easy to do that. And, like, you know, yeah. it, it's certainly catchy. It's not necessarily maybe my total jam, but... Um, Does he do... Um, You've you've brought up the, the geist of... Uh, what did you call it? Indie indie rock vo- accent no, or something like but, that? Does but, he do that at all for you? Because I can't tell. No, not at all. No, but we'll, we'll actually the, the spoiler alert, Jason. That's going to come up later in the in the in the podcast. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's get it. toward let's get forward toward that. Uh, I got to thank Brandon Freeham once more for Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness's yeah. Fire Escape. But we're going to jump to uh, a song that we heard another from another excuse me another song from this same artist. Uh, on our previous shuffle um and it just so happened that another listener uh at the same time recommended a different song from them so this is animals as leaders the brain dance this one comes from tom blackburn and previously we covered tooth and claw suggested by carter hansen tom has this to say about the song all instruments uh with plenty of different excuse me different sections for you to choose to look into i think it starts in a really interesting way with a complex riff that doesn't make a ton of sense until drums come in and connect the dots which makes repeated listens fun for me i don't know if you had the same uh, experience with it matt but i'm going to go ahead and play it and we can get a little bit of, a little bit of conversation going yeah it was so different i didn't know it was the same band this is cool though this is beautiful yeah that's re- that's really interesting to me uh I guess I was biased because I saw the like title and artist before listening, but it's cool to me that they could fool you like that. The nylon string guitar there. Hmm. And that classical, like, you know, his fingernails are like two inches long. <laughs> sound. <laughs> I think these are the guys that I said, like, these guys practice in the last podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) You can tell that these guys have spent a little bit of time jamming. Yeah. Uh, I, too, enjoyed this song, listening to this song more than once. The parts that's, like, it's 
almost like minute to minute they decide what genre they want to try and loop in like clearly throughout there's a whole classical guitar vibe and sort of almost spanish guitar um i hear like bebop at times weirdly in the rhythms and obviously there's jazz in the in the chord structures and toward the end they get way more math and metal ish with it um but i'm curious what what about this song threw you off the scent of it being animals as leaders did was there something that was like that surprised you that they could do that Wow, yeah. List, list, damn. Check that out. No, it doesn't surprise me that guys like this can probably pretty much do anything, you know, music-wise. But it was just, I Mm -hmm. the other song, Tooth and Nail, was just, it was way more of like, it was definitely kind of math rock stuff, but it was almost verging on the metal end of that. And so I I kind of slotted them as a metal band. You know, like, not exactly a metal band, but you know, you know how Tool is like, say, metal adjacent, but not necessarily metal. You know, I kind of slotted them in that kind of zone. And uh, so just when it came out with like the, you know, the clean kind of class classical guitar and kind of like more spacey kind of feel, you know, it just was it just I, I was mostly listening kind of like off my phone with like wireless, you know, earbuds. So I wasn't really like paying attention to who, who the artist name was. But uh, <laughs> Jesus, these guys are ridiculous. Yeah, I, I'll, fe- I'll feel pretty dumb if I don't jump around in this song because it does yeah. go places. I mean, um, we're about to- God bless him, man. I don't know how you just sit down and do this stuff, man. I, I, I don't know. When I write a song, it's like, oh, I hear a melody in my head and I'll put chords around it. I don't know how this shit gets born in somebody's brain. I'm glad it does, but I'll just leave it to them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump forward in this song because I want us yeah, to hear sure. the, I know what, it's got the, a lot what of the end sounds like. You know. Yeah, it's like seven minutes long. But here it is later in the song. Much more like matador, like bullfighting music. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of classical Spanish classical guitar sound just takes you to that kind of zone. Just that. Nylon string guitar is a really cool. Oh, it's a mm-hmm. really nice sound. I always like that sound. It's like the beginning of uh, the Metallica album we did. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the same kind of like flamenco feel or whatever. Nice. Wow, what dots to connect. All right. That's The Brain Dance by Animals as Leaders. Thank you so much to Tom Blackburn for that song. Matt, you want to tell us what we're listening to next? Well, speaking of other dude bands, the dudes that play (laughs) guitar like to dude dude it up about. Dude, bands, uh, dude, bands. uh, This is a band I have... I've actually, so I've seen this band in concert, so no one can tell me. <laughs> you, you, you saw them even though you weren't a fan, right? You didn't know. Well, them. so the, we're, the, ba- the band we're talking about is the uh, Vermont institution uh, Fish. The long, long running uh, jam band kind of, I guess, took the uh, mantle from the Grateful Dead once Jerry Garcia died. And they're still, I would imagine, could do a show tomorrow and sell 50,000 tickets to it. Um mm-hmm. Because jam bands never die, you know. They mean those fans never, they never leave, man. It, it is that's an admirable thing about it for sure. Um, so Fish, the drummer in my last band, after we stopped being kind of like this, like you know, post punk kind of Interpol Joy Division thing, he somehow got into like the Grateful Dead, and then he got into Fish. So <laughs> Jeff had another ticket, and I was like, you know what, man? It's kind of like I'm not a huge Dead fan, but now it's like I wish I would have seen the Dead just because it's a cultural thing, mm-hmm. and and so I was like, you know what? It's a free ticket to Fish. Why not? Let's go to Fish. Um, so we go to Fish. I don't think they were touring off an album. It was just sort of like they just do tours, just a tour. It was inside, so I was told I wasn't getting the full effect because it was inside. It was an outdoor show. 
Um, we, the crowd was very friendly. And some of <laughs> You're our. saying in, this very carefully. Some of our interactions with our, you know, neighbors resulted in the, in the show becoming better as it went on for me. Uh-huh. Oh, um, well, yeah, that's just having friends. Yeah, they were very generous uh, <laughs> showgoers. And so I was kind of like, you know, when in Rome, let's let's just do this. Um, so anyway, yeah, Fisher was cool. It was, it was sort of interesting because it almost reminded me of like the old like uh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture thing where people used to go and like, you know, yell out lines and stuff and do all this shtick. It was very participatory, huh? Yeah, there was a lot of like, like all of a sudden in the middle of one song, it was just randomly going, and all of a sudden, like something happened in the song, and people like started fucking throwing glow sticks, just like hundreds of <laughs> fucking glow sticks, just coming down from the second deck, like we were on the first deck, raining down onto the floor, and then another one, like all of a sudden, like something happened, and it was like kind of doing this, like, and it did a stop, and it was like. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone everyone clapped in unison except like me and jack you gotta feel, you gotta feel insane at yeah, that yeah, point it was right? crazy like, what the hell's going on and then all of a sudden it was another song and it was like all of a sudden like some cue happened in the song and, and beach balls just everywhere beach balls i don't know where they came <laughs> from and so I, I felt like i was sort of like at this thing that i didn't know the customs of um they did do uh my my take on them live was that i actually really dug a lot of it and there's a certain you know i think musical intuition that develops between people that have played in a band for like you know 35 years or whatever they've been a mm -hmm. band and played 250 shows a year um some of the jams are awesome i kind of always felt like i was waiting for the song to get done to see what they do in the jam part that went on for like three or four minutes afterwards right. um they did an amazing cover i will say of dear prudence by the beatles uh which our people next to us said they hadn't done in like 800 shows it was a big Jesus. deal it was a wow. big deal they were doing that people were like really like that they were doing Dear Prudence. Um, yeah, so that was cool. I did say Dear Prudence was a little tough because it did sort of point out that, like, to me at least, that, you know, like, that's a song. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm, and the rest mm -hmm. of their songs, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think they write songs like the Beatles write songs. Not that many people do, but, you know, it just sort of pointed that out to them. Um, so it was cool. I was like, I was glad I went. And there were certainly moments, especially when they got a little weirder and out there in the jams, which they did, you know, a little noisier. It was, it was cool. Um, you know, this song I actually liked better than a lot of stuff uh, that I've heard of theirs. I really hate it when they try to be like funky or like rocking because I think it's really dorky to me. Um, but this, I kind of like this more dreamier kind of vibe and, and the kind of cloudy, like sunny day kind of vibe of this, which was a little bit reminding me of what they did with Dear Prudence Live when I saw them. But anyway, let's, this is Fish waiting all night. Thank you, Adam Fister, for this one. Uh, this is the song that I will use next time I'm awake at 3 a.m. and just need something to listen to. Uh, yeah. It is just slowly bob your head music. I think I need to. I think I need to get more into jam music. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like this one. 
this kid has got a kind of dreamy vibe to it and i i, I like yeah. them more when they're doing like even when i saw them live i liked them more than when they were kind of exploring this kind of like spacier kind of zone than the kind of like you know people like less like, folky or just like dudes with like white guys with dreadlocks kind of like spinning around mm. type shit <laughs> um you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i do <laughs> so but this this kind of gentle dreamlike vibe is cool and much like a few of the longer songs we got on this playlist it does i won't say it like repeats itself but it is it's like the song is born out of repetition yeah, you know it's a, it's like a vibe it, it, yeah it's it's built on that vibe on that continuous rhythm but like this is they do good harmony vocals Oh, beautiful. That waiting all night. The other thing I would say about Fish, and I don't know if this is what Fish fans feel about this. I think that they got the wrong lead singer. The, you think, the, is it Trey Anastasio who sings? Yes, but the keyboard guy is a better singer. I can't remember really? his name. Yes, the keyboard guy is a way better singer to me. Uh, Crossfade listeners, if you have an alternate take to that, please yeah. send off in the comments because I don't, I don't know what that means, but hashtag, it sounds pretty contentious. Fish takes on Twitter. Fish, fish takes. <laughs> Yeah, but this is a cool song. This is fun. I liked it. It's great. It's a, it's yeah. a favorite of mine from this playlist. Uh, I think we can add him. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm excited about the next one because this is like this brings me back. This is some like late '90s, mid '90s. Like we used to see four bands like this. Okay. You know, uh, well, I'll tell you that it's from One After Nine Oh Nine. Thank you very much, One After Nine Oh Nine. You want to introduce us to it then? I, I okay. Number one, I, I try not to look up too much info about these bands, you know, unless uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. it grabs me. But it's called Ganser. It's the band song projector, and this is just some like you know kind of '90s noise punk shit. You know, Jesus Lizard, Scrawl, Unwound. You know, Amphetamine Reptile, Touch and Go Records type shit. You know, just this is like I just. When I first started seeing a lot of bands and I was playing in bands, it's just like, you know, there are so many bands like this. It's, it's good stuff to me, man. I love it. That real nasty bass tone. Mm, very like, aggressive. Over Overdriven, Ampeg, Coffin, 810 Cab, SVT, <laughs> Tube Head, Jacked Up. Nothing but, a, nothing but a compression pedal on it. Yeah, and a, like a Fender, you know, Fender P bass. Yeah, her vocals remind me of the band Scrawl a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, what was that band? They have a song called Thursday, and you bought one of the guy's basses once. Something Waterston or something like that? Oh, God, yeah, I know. That band was way different. That band was like a cheap trick kind of thing or something. They were weird. It kind of, like, some of their songs I dug into kind of oh, reminds really? me of this in ways. Maybe they had harder stuff I don't remember that much. Flip with two Ps, they were called. Flip with two Ps. Yeah, that's a good... Check out the, the band photos were always funny with them. What was the guy's name, like Chia Martini or some shit? Anyway. Something. But, I don't know anything about Ganser, but I'm going to check this band out. Um, and I love that real, like, like dispassionate vocal style kind of thing over, like, mm-hmm. really noisy mm-hmm. stuff. Very punk. So much. Or, like, unwound, early unwound. That kind of stuff. But, yeah, this is, like... The entry used to be like three bands like this all the time. Or like, yeah. You know, 
Man, I miss live music so goddamn much. I know, I do. I know. I was thinking about a few shows that came up for me just doing this, like you know, and it, it's it's kind of a bummer, man. I used to do that a lot, and uh, I yeah. regret a lot of shows I didn't go to just because it was like Tuesday and I was just lazy. And same, now I'm like, same. I'm really glad I fucking stayed home and watched television because little did I know <laughs> that was going to become like the sum total of my whole existence. Uh, well. Yeah. Never again. I yeah, will, I will never. If if it comes back, I will. I will never miss a show again that I that I want to do. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, I heard a lot of clamoring for uh, for gorillas in the uh, in the Patreon post and both in the Discord too. People were really excited to get some gorillas going on the on this show. Um, yeah. So I'm pleased to announce that uh, gorillas featuring Beck, a song called Valley of the Pagans, which which was suggested by Jeremy Dubose, is our next song. Uh, are you a gorillas guy, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely dug the gorillas. I, I guess I kind of like their constituent parts better than, you know, like I was into Blur and like Dell. Um, okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like when that album came out, I think everyone was kind of listening to that. Like, I, I probably didn't stick with them past that first album as much as people, other people did. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I like Damon Albarn. Albarn. Uh, he's cool and Dell's cool. And this he, is like kind gets, of a, this, yeah. this song feels like a layup for both these artists. It's just like. They're just in their both in their zone, and they they're, yeah. they're two styles. Like it's almost like they don't even have to mix because it just like if you would have told me Beck did a song with like Gorillas, it would just be like okay, yeah, like it's gonna sound like this. Yeah, and it, it's like they it's not a it's not like a you know hard fit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This house, oh man, this made me think of another show when I saw Beck. Ugh. Is was is that a bad? Uh? <laughs> no, it was great. It's just I'm, you know. Oh yeah. It was basically the flaming lips open for Beck, Ooh. and then the flaming lips were Beck's backing band. That fucking rocks. Yeah, dude, it was cool. It was cool. It was probably around the time of like uh, Midnight Vultures. Mmm. Yeah. This song's fun. I mean, this you know, this is just fun shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's not much to complain about here, you know. It's groovy. It's like kind of whiny indie rocky, and that's perfectly Beck's thing. I, I like I like Beck's music a lot. It's got the kind of like making fun of California thing. People like to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm on a cleanse. The hot tub's good at the end. Yeah, this one's this one's a winner. Uh, not that we're judging particularly or, or rating, but this one is another one that like I'm sort of judging success as would I listen to more music by this artist? And yes, I would. I definitely. But you kind of already knew before. You yeah, uh, yeah. I guess seeing the title, yeah, of course. Because you've already listened to music by those artists before. <laughs> but yeah, okay, no. that's unfair. So, <laughs> but yes, good example. <laughs> the next one is one of the next artist is interesting. It's one of my few like big indie rock blind spots. I think. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, well, I'll explain that that we've got uh, Sufjan Stevens. I, I hope you'll apologize or you'll bear with me. I need to get to, get back to my notes for the song title. This is Sufjan Stevens. Come on, feel the Illinois part one. The world's Com- Colombian exposition part two. Carl Sandberg visits me in a dream. Disco told us to listen to this song, and I quite enjoyed it. Uh, Matt, you always defer to me for. Um, like time and meter stuff so look forward to seeing what you thought about this one as i play it charlie brown vibe off the bat (laughs) yeah 
little Herb Alpert kind of Charlie Brown. Oh yeah, Tijuana Brass man. What is the one that the, the album cover that everybody whipped cream knows? Another, that's in every good yeah, <laughs> whip it's in every Goodwill I've ever yeah. been to, and it makes me embarrassed when I'm shopping with my mom to be like, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a used record store classic right there. <laughs> yeah. So this was part of a series he was supposed to do in all fifty states. I remember that he never finished it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like hold it against him, but I yeah. So as somebody who's completely new, you know, I listened to this music back when it came out uh, and have sort of drifted away from it in the time since. So I don't know if I'm qualified to talk qualitatively about it, but as somebody who's for whom this isn't a blind spot, what did you think? Um, I liked it. He's, I mean, he's definitely a fancy lad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it, it's got cool. It's got the arrangements are cool. You know what I mean? Like. Like I said, some it's it's weird, you know, hearing this and hearing that uh, that Fire Escape song. It's like it does remind me that like you know the two thousands are like a long time ago now in a way, which is kind yeah, of weird. yeah. But, um, but I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess uh, I really admire the arrangements. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it's a cool. The way he maps out everything is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very densely like instrumented, or sorry, arranged. Yeah, like, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on here. And there's, I don't know if we want to do it, but I, I want to do my little. Um, I want to stop and switch gears quick because okay, I'm, I'm gonna pre- stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm pretty sure that he does a, a like a a purposeful. And I'm sure it's purposeful because, like, this is like you know, if somebody's gonna be like too cute and do this, like it'd be him. Uh, it's so two thirty six of this song. Listen to that, and then I, I'm pretty sure he's like it's a little tribute kind of quote he's threw in. Like as a, you know, composers used to do that, right? Like classical composers would sometimes like do yeah. variations on shit. And it's it's a it's a little quote of "Close to Me" by The Cure, a new wave classic. But um, so play two thirty six of this and then 155 of close to me. Cause like, I'm pretty sure it's like, it, it, it's too close where it, it has to be on purpose. Okay. Here's Suf. Okay. Now go to 155 of the cure. 155 of The Cure is Close to Me. Very similar. Mm -hmm. I think it'll get more similar, maybe. Oh, maybe not. But anyway, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's like on purpose. This is such a good song yeah. too. You're hearing a lot of comparisons. Yeah, we should we should just we should, oh man. I gotta do you a cure. Do a I'm cure gonna, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna pick a cure album's coming up. I, it's, it made me think of that. Anyway. No but, spoilers, no but, spoilers. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I that was a clever little thing I heard and I was like, oh that's funny. Like I heard it when I was walking the dog and I was like, oh that's that's pretty funny. Like so that was kind of a cool little aside I thought he threw in there. But um yeah. For I, sure. I it may I, I should probably hear that because I remember hearing about that Illinois record. A lot. It was like a huge thing when it came out. I should actually finally check it out. So yeah, maybe I will it do feels. That. It seems like it occupies one of those like uh, neutral milk hotel type places where it's just like darling of indie rock type artist that I don't yeah. know enough about. Yeah, I mean, I was a big neutral milk hotel fan, um, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah, it feels like it's like peak peak pitchfork era, you know. Sure, sure. All right. Well, our next song is Sandwiches by Detroit Grand Poobahs. Maybe an all-time favorite band name for me. I really like that band name. Um, it is from Jorin, who says it's fucking weird, and there has to be a story behind it. I'm not exactly sure how much of a story there is behind it, Jorin, but uh, I'll, I'll play a little bit, and you can you can decide for yourselves. <laughs> So as you can clearly tell, like the song is just about him wanting to make sandwiches, yeah. right? You know, well, it's, it's not it doesn't she, have any ulterior motives or, no, or metaphor. You no. know, it's pretty plain spoken. Yeah, it's it's like he's a food blogger, basically. Um <laughs> But uh so this actually kinda reminds me like it reminds me of, like on ween albums where they're like, Oh, we're just gonna do like, you know, like a dance song or some shit, like just for a joke or an R B song. Because <laughs> yeah, they, they always yeah, have that's that. That's a really good comparison. Like they did you ever hear their rejected Pizza Hut commercial? No. Ween got uh, hired by Pizza Hut to do a a, a song uh, for stuffed crust pizza, and it's like they turned in this kind of weird, like Prince kind of dance song that was like, "Where the motherfucking cheese at? Where it go? Where the cheese at? Where it go?" Kind of thing is like it just reminded me of that. You look it up on YouTube; it's around. And like, of course, they got paid, and then Pizza Hut didn't use it, so they basically made out like bandits, you know. <laughs> they they dicked around on Pizza Hut's dime, but uh, nice. But yeah, I was kind of digging this. Yeah. So here's 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 Jason. Here's a philosophical question I've always asked myself Ooh. about dance music in general. Because I you know I'll check things out like this, or if I hear something that gets like good reviews, or somebody tells me about something. However, like, can you or I truly judge dance music because we don't go out dancing, right? I, you know I'm I mean? so glad you asked. I have the same question. Because it, like, it's not meant... I mean, a lot of dance music, not all of it, I shouldn't say it's not meant for listening, but it's to be enjoyed in a context of like a club or a rave or a big outdoor festival. Like, can I really listen to like an EDM song and like I haven't been to freaking, you know, Coachella and like, you know, popped Molly with like 50,000 people or whatever yeah, yeah. people do. You know, it's like... There's so, a time and a place. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like... I think the physical act of dancing is supposed to intersect with the music. So like sometimes I don't necessarily feel qualified with this stuff because it's like, Mm -hmm. I I was never a person that went to dance clubs. I mean, I've been to dance clubs, but it wasn't part of my thing. If I was there, I probably just like sat around and skulked around at the bar and like drank beer while other people danced or whatever, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's interesting, but I I mean, you know, I like the beat to the song. It was, is cool. Like, you know, but I just, I never know like if I can assess what's like, you know, really great, brilliant or, or bad dance music to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, for what I'm doing, I'm doing like, I, I can only assess and analyze a minute of this song because it is just a minute again and again, you know, it's made to get people moving. It's not made to like, right. Listen to for a quick hit of anything, you know, like it's pretty low key. It is, it seems to be effective. It probably gets asses shaking. Right. But I'm sitting in an ergonomic desk chair, uh, yeah. looking at turtle bread across the street wow. you know like yeah I, I live pretty close to turtle, turtle, bread. turtle um, bread's good good bread th- there's some good shit. shout out to their uh, soup good soup their soup their uh their blts goddamn um okay well uh <laughs> thank no, you very it's much to... but it's like i guess what i'm trying to say is that what you just said isn't a flaw of the music right 
It is repetitive. Right, right, exactly. Because people are, are dancing and people are like interacting with that way. So like, it, 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 I think it's a mistake to judge it on the same. Uh, Definitely. You know, like you can't judge it like a Beatles song where, oh, well, look at that chord progression. There's a bridge and they did a little turn around in a middle eight. You know what I mean? It's because it's, it's not yeah. for that, right? I don't right. know. It's something I've always asked myself about dance music. It is an interesting philosophical question, and I look forward someday to proving it out. Uh, Matt, you and I have to hit the dance floor someday. That, that's what hey, that means. After, after, in, after COVID, anything First goes. night anything after goes. COVID, we're slamming it. Uh, let's see. Sharks Keep Moving, Jets, Jets. Sorry, the band name is Sharks Keep Moving. The song name is Jets, Jets, by, uh, or suggested to us by Travis McGoffey. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, Travis. Um, this is a song that I, I kind of dug, uh, but I'm interested to hear what Matt thinks as well. So... Here we go. I actually really like this song. You know, it reminded me of, you recommended Slint after we were talking about karate with yep. Kyle Hilliard on yeah. one of our first episodes. <laughs> it's very, it's very that. It's like yeah, slow, yeah. shoegazy, almost jazzy jams. Yeah, I had karate actually down in my notes right here. I'm looking at Ooh, it. And also, uh, wow. there's, there's a good band called Seam, S-E-A-M, uh, The Make Believe. Sea and Cake. Um, like, there was this kind of bands doing the. I always like this kind of like jazzier. I just call them. If any chords are like beyond my, you know, low, like Neander, Neanderthal uh, yeah, rock yeah. brain, I call them jazz chords. So I consider this jazz. I feel like karate fans would totally dig this. Yeah, we'll have to send this one to Kyle. Uh, Spoiler alert again for later in the show, Kyle has sent some notes about one song that we have on this playlist here. I uh, don't know how many of them I'll be able to get to because he gave me a short novel about that song. But nice. anyway. Wow, I'm curious um, though. It, I, 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 hope I, I hope I get through it. Uh, I have time because it's one of the longer songs. Uh, but yeah, I, like this kind of music, this like American football ass, karate ass music is almost always a winner for me because it's interesting enough to keep things like fresh every once in a while, but consistent enough with that like high end arpeggiating guitar to be like okay that's my grounded bass yeah and they'll hit the cymbals once in a while and that'll be enough of a hit for me to stay interested they'll you know like yeah the the vocals will rise once in a while and it'll be enough to keep me engaged another good band uh the make-believe that was another good one in this kind of zone okay. they were a little bit maybe a little more challenging than this but they were good seem i think you would really like um they did a number of uh uh cool albums in the 90s dope yeah, I'm always always open to these recommendations. This is there's some weird this this is gonna be a weird episode because I have like kind of weird little connections to a couple of these things too. Uh, these coming songs. Now that I'm looking at my notes, well, I like perfect. This part, right, this part's cool. Well, then let's get to it. Uh, thank you again, Travis, for Sharks Keep Moving with Jets Jets. Yeah, that's good. Uh, man. Our next, yeah, our next song uh, is this one of the ones you got personal connections to? Kind of. I'm not personal, but I mean. So Throwing Muses, um, they were, you know, kind of part of the Boston indie scene. You know, I mean, this is way, way back, you know, way before my time. But um, Kristen Hirsch uh, was a singer uh, and and leader. Uh, Also, Tanya Donnelly, who left to become uh, the band Belly that had sort of an alternative rock hit called Feed the Tree. That was sort of a one-hit wonder. Um, Anyway. Kristen Hirsch, I think, is an amazing songwriter. Throwing Muses actually kind of came out before the Pixies, and I think the Pixies even opened for them on their, like, their first tour. But uh, she's she's just a very okay. unique voice. Anyway, in the 2000s, earlier mid-2000s, she had a band called 50 Foot Wave that I uh, we my band Maps Norway opened for. 
Um, and they were a fantastic oh, wow. band too. Um, super like they were a little more rocking than this, but um, yeah, I don't know. She's just a cool figure. I think she's underrated. I think she's got a unique songwriting voice um, and style. I don't. I don't think Throwing Muses is not a band I can easily like compare to other bands. And I'm not, I've never been like a mega fan, mm-hmm. but I, I just feel like I don't know. They're a unique true like Throwing Muses to me is is a unique band, and and she was cool. She was super nice. Like she toured with like in like a camper with like I think her kid was on tour with her and stuff. Wow. Anyway, yeah, it was fully in the life, huh? Yeah, yeah. She's she's uh That's great. She was one of those first artists actually, I think, to do like the sort of like uh Patreon thing. Like back in oh. like 08, 09, 2010. Like she she made her own little like service where you could like pledge stuff and she would send you like I didn't do it, but I read about it, you know. Um yeah, you know, yeah. she would send you like songs that only went out to like subscribers kind of stuff. So yeah, she's just uh, to me. She's always been a cool person. I've never been like a mega fan, but it was the Fifty Foot Way was a, an awesome band live, and she was great. Um, so it was cool to play with somebody nice. that was sort of like a founding uh, mother of indie rock or whatever. Yeah, and I think her songwriting uh, proves out in this song. Uh, this is throwing muses with Honey Chain. Uh, thank you to James Burkett on Patreon for uh, shooting this song our way. What I was saying about bass before, this song hits it as well. Just a very fun melodic bass line. My best friend knows this old guy who Who keeps a Interesting lyricist too, I think, which I yeah. don't think often. I'm going to make a comparison when the uh, when the drop happens, and I want to see if I'm right or not, because I think you'll know. Yeah, she does a real like quiet, loud, quiet thing that like the Pixies mm-hmm. did a lot as well. Now, Lush, does it have any Lush vibes to you? Oh, I mean, I I, I get that. I mean, to me, I okay. associate Lush with being very English and these guys being very American. So I sort yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. I segregate them. Like, I'm still fighting the Revolutionary War musically. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Lush is a great band. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I love Lush, actually. But yeah, I could see that for sure. I mean, they were kind of different scenes. I think Lush is a little yeah. after these guys, but um, yeah, and that's why it feels like a bit of a daring comparison to make. But it's yeah. like that sort of heavy reverby, very like squishy drums mm-hmm. that it just rings Lush to me. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, in, in some certain senses, the Pixies were kind of their brother sister band. You know, I, I think you hear throwing muses in the Breeders, which is Kim Deal from Pixies, like you know, solo project too. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. She's just she's an interesting songwriter you know just definitely i I can't really i don't know she's kind of one of a kind and she's probably not appreciated enough every interview i've read with her has been she's like super smart and you know sort of insightful about things and uh, yeah yeah she's just to me a, a somebody i would root for you know what i mean yeah sure 
And to think like she builds, I don't want to say she, she may have, may have had songwriting help from her bandmates, but like building the whole song around that one dirty, 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 dirty riff. Yeah. Ha- like this is a four and a half minute song and that never gets old. You no, know, it's deployed yeah. just in the right places and with the right tone to be like new and interesting each time. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they were coming out in the late eighties too. So, you know, this was like definitely a in front of a lot of that kind of, you know, rock of the nineties that I think you'd probably compare mm-hmm. it to, you know, it's probably like four or five years ahead of that too. I mean, I wasn't sure, aware sure. of them at the time. Um, they're a cool band. Cool harmonies on when they're singing Honey Chain too. Yeah, that's probably Tanya Donnelly. They were stepsisters actually. Oh, um, interesting. They, what a dynamic. Yeah, after the band broke up, then Tanya Donnelly had pre- like the belly did pretty well for a while. They had one probably pretty big album. Nice. Yeah. All right, what's next, Jason? So we got a song you vamped up earlier. This is Now with uh, Bad Blood. We have this coming from Holden Hints on Patreon. Uh, I'll get in and then we can see what you think about it. You have a holiday, a glass of ocean slipping down. My friend and landing on my hopes and dreaming Off the maps, no hidden Just whenever a female voice comes in with a harmony below the melody, I'm sold. Oh, okay, I didn't notice that. Like, that's that's a good line. Definitely some pitch. What a range. I if she's, oh my god. I wonder if that's like pitch shifting or... It could be. And again, I mean, I feel like I'm saying his name mm. so much on this episode, which I apologize for. But like, man, the Frank Ocean thing here is hard to like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, get away I don't think from. Mad about you it. know what I mean? Like, yeah. more so than G- JPEG Mafia, I was talking more like conceptually, just like the the, the mm-hmm. space in the music business. But this feels like 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 I can't believe Channel Orange wasn't like a huge record for for this artist. You know? Yeah, yeah. I I. Uh, I really like how this song like starts out very R&B, those very chunky chords and, you know, uh, doubled vocals and stuff, just very soothing. And then goes into like, like that almost rock booming yeah, drums yeah. and the, and the guitar way. I don't know if it's her voice or a guitar, but like, it's telling that it sounds like, like just a distorted guitar, that woo sound. Um, like it, it's a good marriage of all these different styles. I think, you know, it's not too leaning too heavily one way to be pigeonholed. Yeah, I like it. it. Reminds me, like, I feel like, because it's one of my favorite shows, but I feel like it could be on the soundtrack for the show Insecure on HBO, which okay, I always feel yeah. like that show has like a good vibe on their soundtrack, and um, I like that show a lot. It's a well-written show. Um, I'm very much in the target market for that show. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> middle-aged dad from Minnesota. Yeah, um, but it's a good show. They have good music. Um, but this is yeah, this is a nice R&B song. I, I dig it. Yeah, it is. It's really solid. Um, I gotta thank. I gotta scroll back up in my notes. I apologize. Uh, I gotta thank Holden Hints once more for that recommendation. I hope Holden gives us some more uh, as we keep going with Crossfade and with these shuffle episodes because I've uh, been a little gold mine of songs. Um, and in a really probably abrupt twist, we're we're gonna go to uh, 
Craig Finn of The Hold Steady and yeah. his song God in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so Craig Palace told us about this song. I'll, I'll get it playing. Yeah, um, this one is- Unless uh, you think it's not worth talking over. Do you, Oh, I guess just matter of course. Should well, we, just should we talk like, over it? I don't know. I feel like I want to- Yeah. I'll introduce yeah, it because it's kind of two, two men talk. Like, it, it's talking the song. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this one's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's wild to me because, like, you know, I, like, we- uh, the band I was in with Andy McNamara of Game Informer, like you know, we played shows with Craig uh, Finn and his his first band Lifter Puller, prior to the Hold Steady. Um, oh, nice! And I mean, I wouldn't say I, I certainly wasn't friends with him, but I at that time, you know, I was going to shows a lot and I would see him. And you know, he they Lifter Puller recorded uh, with Mike Wisty, the same guy that did uh, the Unbelievable Jolly Machine record. So like, we recorded it with the same guy, Mike Wisty. And I mean, I was on like kind of like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Kind of terms with him. Um, but man, they they were they were right from the beginning. You know, he he definitely had his his kind of storyteller thing he wanted to do. Lifter Puller was way more noisy and kind of post punk than what they kind of became, which is much more of a you know kind of post like you know Bruce Springsteen thing. But I remember having this conversation. We played a show with them in the entry opening for Arc Welder, and we were talking about Bruce Springsteen, and, and I remember him telling me like he basically told me everything he was going to do with Hold Steady. Um, he said he wanted to kind of create this little world like Bruce Springsteen did on the early Springsteen records of like the Jersey shore and all these kind of like street life characters, you know, and, and kind of hustlers and, you know, scam artists and drug addicts mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and you know, kind of make this little self-contained world. And I think, you know, he went out and he did it, man. And, you know, this song is, is, this is interesting. I haven't heard this song. I haven't heard his solo stuff, but it, you know, the hold steady is obviously way more of like a, a bar bar rock band kind of thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's a great lyricist. He he certainly has like a way to little like writerly, let's say, details. You know, like a, a short story writer. Um, mm-hmm. I w- always admired his uh, his ability to kind of create little pictures with with music. And so we'll hear it a bit. It doesn't feel like a song you should talk over as much, but definitely. All right, thank you again to Crab Palace for giving us "God in Chicago" by Craig Finn. found her brother, then she found the container wrapped up in a newspaper, stuffed in a duffel bag with hockey pads and seven grand and rubber bands. We didn't speak at the service, but then later a message from a number that wasn't familiar said, hey, it's Charlie's sister, would you do me a favor? There's unfinished business. It's roughly the size of a baseball. I said I wasn't totally sure, but yeah, I could probably call someone. I knew this kid from my dorm when I went to school in Wisconsin. My two semesters were a total disaster, and he was part of the problem. It's almost more of like a short story, really, in a song. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm pretty basic as a person, as a music listener, but like uh, Ben Folds, like specifically Brick, is very storytelling, very like oblique vague references to yeah. things no, type I, storytelling i totally that that kind of like minimal piano under this for sure yeah it, yeah it's just weird like this is like truly like a very weird introduction to craig finn like truly like, yeah <laughs> so i would just if anyone's like and it's actually a cool song i dig it but yeah sad in her house right now he's still here and everything now just to clarify it's it's like detailing uh a drug deal oh right? yeah dude like there's so many drug deals in his songs like, it, like, yeah. he's, like outside of rap there's probably not more drug deals 
in in, in songs <laughs> and in Craig like Lifter Puller and like then Min- yeah, yeah. Minnesota's own Craig Finn. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean he's he's a great you know he kind of invented this like you know. Played 1999 and the Led Zeppelin three. Also like music references like that always. Yeah, like I love he's the also tape. like I, I I just thought of that like I remember like seeing you know dudes that would have like boom boxes in their cars. Mm-hmm. I I love that like two cities I'm fairly familiar with, uh, Minneapolis and Chicago, are referenced pretty heavily in this oh, song. Oh yeah, he's he you know like, specific streets in Minneapolis. Like he's he's a very mm-hmm. like local detail kind of guy. Um, I would say if anyone's interested, you know, this is a cool song. Um, never been to Chicago. I got nothing going on tomorrow. Yeah, I would say with him, I mean, he's he's got a lot of great stuff. I would say for Hold Steady Records, I would say start with either Separation Sunday or Boys and Girls in America. Okay. And then for Lifter Puller, probably definitely uh, Half Dead and Dynamite. Um, there's an EP called Entertainment and Arts. Um, yeah. Is it like this? Are people ready for it if they listen to this? Oh, Fiestas and Fiascos by Lifter Puller. I mean, I think if you like his lyrics and his thing, you'll like it, but it, it like, this is way mellow compared to the stuff that, like, okay. I know, you know what I mean? And, and like, right. like, Lifter, like, Cold Steady's kind of like a party rock band, you know, with, like, sort of, you know, these, like, literary kind of things, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's way more of, like, a Bruce Springsteen vibe, like, if Bruce Springsteen had, like, grown up on punk music, probably. Um hmm. And then Lifter Puller was definitely a more challenging, like, you know, a little more noisier kind of stuff, but the great band as well. Nice. But anyway, it's cool. He was, I mean, like I said, yeah. that was the one thing, and, and Mike, who produced him, always said that, you know, we would talk about Craig, and he was like, the thing about Craig is, like, he never did second takes. Every time hmm. we recorded, he knew exactly the phrasing, he knew exactly how it was supposed to go in his head, he'd come Damn. in and he'd just do it. And, like, he always knew what that band, what he wanted it to be. So, like, you know, they, they have been very successful. So, like, you know, kudos to them, man. They were they were a hell of a band. For sure. Okay. All right, let's, this uh, is going to well, be like a... The song, it's, like, yeah, song, the song itself is winding down. <laughs> but this uh, this next one, uh, throw it into high gear. Uh, this is, uh, sorry, Radiant Spec gave us this song. Uh, thank you, Radiant Spec. This is Vultures by Bokasa. Um, Matt, I didn't know this group before listening to this. I don't know if you did, but never heard of them. Yeah, quite a left turn. Here we go. I'll be completely honest this song did not catch me until i don't know two minutes in when the sax solo happens yeah. and it's like okay that's that's bravery to take a pretty standard you know uh like new metal sounding rock song with pretty harsh vocals and throw a, a, a sax solo into it yeah that was cool it reminds yeah. me a bit of like well now not so much but when he's more mellow he reminds me of uh queens of the stone age a little bit the kind of mellower sure. singing over like a heavy riff kind of thing did you ever see them live oh yeah yeah, yeah i think god it was me and andy and reiner from game informer went to uh quest which was used to be glam slam That's, princess club 
Yeah, it was a great yeah. show. You know us, and you know, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead opening for Queens of oh, the Stone okay. Age on like the Songs for the Deaf tour. So yeah, it was like, man, that band. That's got to be a hell of a show. Yeah, it was. They were so good. It was. It's got a little bit in the background of I mentioned the Millennial Whoop when we were talking about um, uh, something corporate, but. It's got a little bit of that in the background where it's just like, ooh, catchy, lyricless melody. We're going to keep your ear hooked for a second. It works. Yeah. But yeah, the, the sax solo is sweet. That's, that's, that's <laughs> it like. That's like unironically pretty. Yeah, pretty no, cool. that's like, I love, I mean, that was like that 30 rock bit, like the, the sax man bit. Yeah. About how like rock sax had been like, you know. Sax, sax needs to come back in rock music. Let's bring the '80s back, for real. But yeah, that's one of those cool things. Like, it's not completely my jam, but I do. I love it when something unexpected happens in a song that's cool, and it's mm-hmm. like that was that was a cool moment for sure. Definitely, definitely. And I'd be lying if it's not stuck in my head after listening to it, you know. Yeah, it's catchy. I'll repeat for the past five days, right? Yeah. All right. So that was Vultures by Bocasa. Thank you, Radiant Spec, for that suggestion. Uh, Matt, I don't know what, like, I don't know what I thought Aphex Twin sounded Uh, like, but I definitely (laughs) did not think it sounded like this. Yeah, I mean, Aphex Twin is somebody that I I definitely, like, especially in college, I had a roommate that was super into, like, at that time was, you know, cutting edge kind of, like, electronic stuff. So I I knew some of it by osmosis. And he definitely, he, he liked ambient works one and two. And then this is the album with, like, Window Liquor, I think, on it, which is, like, to say that Aphex Twin sounds like one thing, I, I don't think this is the most typical song of his. Um, it's not a song that I knew. I, he's always been one of those artists I sort of admired more than I was able to like embrace. I, I, I don't know. There's some. I've struggled to get my head around Aphex Twin over the years. I've certainly tried. I checked out that album Zero he did a couple years ago. Um, I certainly checked out this album before, but I didn't remember it. It's been years. Um, I think that this is just an absolutely like beautiful song um i was completely blown away okay. by this just like the way that it combines kind of like that chaotic kind of 90s like drum and bass uh yeah. like skittering kind of like shuffling uh you know fast drum samples with like almost like that's a modern classical you know like steve reich or uh, philip glass kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and the other thing too is when people hear this song like how it sounds like today in 2021 like I think we should acknowledge that this song is came out in 1996. Jesus. And, and, if, and like pull up other songs from 1996, right? Like I mean, Throwing Muses right. is a great band. That's before 1996, I think. But you know, like Throwing Muses is like a great band, I think. But that sounds like the time period it was recorded mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. right? Like you know when that came out. You're like, oh, that's like you late, know a style. That's like you late 80s, sound, yeah. early 90s, somewhere in there. Like, I mean. I think people say like ahead of its time or say timeless or whatever, but truly if, if I told you this was from last year, would you like call me on it? No, no. I just assumed that you were talking about like perfume genius or something, you know, like a, a currently effective alternative act. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's hear this. this is, I think this song really, uh, I found this quite affecting. 
Yep, this is Girl Boy Song by Pod, or excuse me, by FX Twin, suggested by Podbot. This is 25 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy <laughs> oh, to wrap your head around, you know? It's it's a sincerely upsetting experience to listen to this on SoundCloud because the face that's on the cover art is always staring at you and listening to this, like, music in the background. It makes me feel like I'm, gonna, I'm about to be attacked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that... I. I mean, those drums are definitely very, like, mid to late 90s drum and bass, like UK kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. jungle stuff. But, but just but like the, the thing they put up against, and, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's beautiful. It's a, this song really got to me. Does this square at all with what you already knew about Aphex Twin? Um, yeah, I mean, he has stuff in this vein. I mean, my roommate was super into him. And then I've, I've definitely, you know, some of it can be way more harder edged, kind of like, you know, dance stuff or like and some stuff some more ambient. I mean, I think he's probably hard to pin down. I wouldn't say that you could say, you know, he has like a formula, I guess. I think he's done a lot of different things. But okay. Okay. This song in particular, um, I just love the kind of classical music sounds he's using here. Yeah, yeah, it never like, really like builds to a huge crescendo or anything. And just like the drums are so complex and like, mm-hmm. almost like hyperactive. I wonder if el- any element of this song, from the strings to the, you know percussion, if any of it is like live, or was this artist known for like exclusively electronic programmed stuff? You know, I couldn't speak to that. Yeah, it. I, it could fool me. At least the strings could. Yeah, this is just, I mean, you know, you got to give it to me. I mean, Aphex is, you know, he's he's a kind of a, another one-of-a-kind artist, I think. Um, it kind of makes me want to sure. check him out more. I, I definitely have, like, I've listened to his big albums and things, but I've never totally gotten hooked. And this one really kind of got its hooks into me. So maybe it's going to be yeah. a new phase for me or something. Yeah, maybe it'll help you sink in a little bit more. Um, that was Girl Boy Song by Aphex Twin, yeah. courtesy of uh, Podbot. Uh, Matt, I think I'm going to assume that you liked this next song. This song really, like, I mean, I, I just said that song was very affecting. This song, I, I like, I'm not joking. Like, I, I'm not, not in the way that people say LOL when they're, like, they're not laughing out loud. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, I just people, hate that. People say news. that, like, I, this get, like, I got goosebumps thinking about this thing that lives in my head rent free or whatever fucking people say. But um, like, <laughs> I, I legit got goosebumps, like physical goosebumps from this song. Um, Karen Dalton is a uh, somebody I knew. I, I I've I've listened to some of her earlier stuff that was more in earlier in the '60s. It was more folky than this. Um, I bring up this because I I have said this before, but I, I think she might be low key the most influential female vocalist because I think she's the like you know 
patient zero of indie voice pronunciation. <laughs> um, but like, man, this this song is a real emotional song. And, and, and I guess if you know more of her story, um, you know, she was uh, a very troubled person and uh, she struggled with addiction her whole life. I think that some of her, you know, some of the vocalisms that she does with like her vowels, I think came from Billie Holiday. Um, yeah, because, you know, I she was that. of that generation that would have, you know, been more engaged with jazz. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I, I did do a little reading on this record. This was not a record I'd heard. This was a, a record that now has kind of become, I think, very well regarded and by collectors first, and it was reissued. And I think, you know, critically now is considered sort of a, a classic. It did very poorly at the time. Um, and apparently the, the failure of this record in 1971 kind of sent her spiraling um, down into, you know, addiction, being somewhat itinerant, I think, and, and moving around different places. And she eventually died, I, I believe, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s of, of complications from an AIDS-related um, illness, which I'm assuming was probably mm. due to, like, intravenous drug use. But um, so I don't know. She she's it has a haunted quality to me. And, uh, you know, I think a sadness. Definitely. Sort I of, didn't, uh, this is, I didn't this know is the really, background. Uh, I know. I, Go ahead. I knew she died young. This is, uh, this is Karen Dalton, something on your mind. And from toe to tip, this is just a, a really affecting song. Um, it comes to us from the Krispy Kreme lemur. Another song I think that would fit in better like now, you know, than it did probably at the time. Yeah, it, like, again, I didn't do too much research before listening. I didn't want to, like, jade myself. I sincerely thought this was a, like, present-day artist. Just because I feel like the space has opened quite a bit, too. Um, what Krispy Kreme Lemur pointed out is, like, a voice that not everybody get, can get behind, that, like, sometimes it turns people off. Uh, it gives you the Krispy Kreme Lemur chills, they say, but that some people can't stand the way she sings. Yeah. Um, I, I personally love it. It is... Like I've, I've known people who can sing with, you know, slight cracks in their voice and really own it. And this is one of those voices that's just so much stronger for it. nuts it's nuts how good that is and i mean jason just you know you not having known her if i would have sent you this song and said oh yeah this is like somebody that lucy, lucy dacus or like phoebe bridgers is playing with yeah. right now label mates with with you know uh, I mean? phoebe bridgers you wouldn't yeah. question it for one second would you no 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 and i believe this was a remaster that was done in the mid thousands mid 2010s yeah. something like that so like that helps give it a very new sheen but with like real fidelity to the sound yeah i mean a sad story for sure kind of reminds me of uh, another singer of that era like sandy denny um who had this similar kind of spirit i would say god damn it's a good song man tell you what 
Did you already know much of her music? Uh, are you going to listen to more? Yeah, I mean, I, this album I didn't particularly know. Like, I, there's collections of like an, an earlier album that was, like I said, more of a folk 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 singer, like in kind of the earlier, you know, like acoustic folk kind of thing. Um, also very good. Also very very good. But this is this is kind of like her stretching out into more of a rock folk rock kind of thing. And like, man, this mm. is yeah. I want to. I'm going to buy this on vinyl for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely the like Greenwich Village sound. You'll be pretty proud to hear, Matt. I listened to Harvest Moon by Neil Young for the first time all the way through the other yeah. day. I had a headache, had to take middle of the day to just like yeah, lay down. That's a very mellow like vibe record. Back to back, just a slam dunk album for when you just need to chill the hell out. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did Harvest Moon at the show that I saw at the Orpheum like last winter. Oh man, which is actually going to be released as a live album. Oh, that. That tour or that performance? That, no, he, the, the album's called Timeless Orpheum. It's it's Whoa. like literally the show is that's going to be released. Oh, you're going to be on an album. I know. I'm super excited. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. All right. So that was Karen Dalton's Something yeah. on Your what Mind, a, what a, a song that what I think a we, fucking great song. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I think we can both agree, Crispy Kreme Lamer, that that is uh, definitely a positive experience. Definitely not a, not something that, the, like, I, I, I loved that song. Um. Okay, so this song, I'm going to play it because we have time. This is Extremophile Belite, excuse me, Elite by Between the Buried and Me, uh, a, a band that I remembered Kyle Hilliard is into, so I asked him for comment about okay, this Okay, interesting. I don't think we can make it all the way through, but it's like 10 minutes long, I think, nine <laughs> something. I'll just get started. Kyle, so this is a, it's a Kyle jam. It is a Kyle jam. He likes this band a lot, and maybe when you hear the drums, you'll be able to tell he's a drummer. I like this synth part. Okay, we're a little bit into the song. So uh, Kyle describes these as his entirely too long extremophile elite thoughts, if you want to read them. Uh, it is literally like six paragraphs, so I'll try to be selective. Shout out to Kyle. But yeah, he's he's a real G. He knows how to, he knows how to bring it for, for the Crossfade crew. Um, I have a lot of appreciation for, for Between the Buried and Me, but most of that appreciation rests on three albums, Alaska, Colors, and The Great Misdirect. Misdirect. Those albums released at the height of my metal fandom when I was still playing a lot of music, and I was making an effort to see Between the Buried and Me play live as much as possible. It was also a pre-music streaming era where I had to go to the store to buy these albums. Uh, editorial note from Jason, he's fucking old. Uh, when the Parallax 2 Future Sequence released, listening to music was so much more a casual effort on my part, and I was con- and I was focused on finding the best music to help a baby fall asleep. <laughs> Again, Kyle. Kyle is old. It was lullaby covers what, of radio what, what's songs. What's this ageism songs. on the podcast? Ageism listen, on the pod. Listen, I just turned 28, Matt. I'm getting there. Yeah, Don't worry. I'm not too far behind you. <laughs> are you Are you collecting uh, social security, yet, Jim? I uh, I got my AARP card in the mail. I don't know. Jesus. Like I didn't even ask for one. Oh my god! It just happened. Um, I'm not that far. <laughs> uh, let's see. Kyle says that uh, the thing I love about the band in general is how they punctuate what is generally straightforward, sticking to tropes metal with bizarre melodic moments of strangeness that sometimes feel weird for the sake of being weird, but often represent the oasis moments of melody in the middle of which otherwise oppressive sound. Uh, it's also just incredibly technically proficient, which I love. I gotta agree with Kyle on that front. This song goes some weird polka ass sounding places. <laughs> yeah, we might. This one, I feel like we there's a skip around one. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of points actually that Kyle suggests. Did you have any time stamps, or can I just no, fly no, go around ahead. where I, Kyle suggests? I'm, I'm going to defer to Kyle on this one. 
for sure. So he really likes, uh, let's see, 415, uh, the absolute strangeness that kicks in, he describes it as. So I'll try to drop in. It's like a Looney. It's like Looney Tunes. Like yeah, it sounds like. Did you ever play Croc, the platformer Legend of the Gabos? Anyway, it's, it's like a. It's like a crappy PS One era. Yeah. It's like literally this soundtrack. I loved hearing this the first time I listened to this That's song. Like Mel Blanc, uh, Mel Blanc, or whatever. Yeah, uh, tuba. This is Kyle's editorialization. Tuba marimba violins. I think there's a slide whistle in there. Anytime they drop the screaming in favor of singing, I like it more. It gets so complicated and hard to track without resorting to chaotic nonsense. They wrote the hell out of this song. Uh, he also likes the buildup that occurs around 610. I'll try to navigate there. This is the Kyle Hour, I guess. Yeah. Former guest, Kyle. Yeah, God, some of this shit reminds me of like, God, there's this band called Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. It's like this really weird <laughs> ass. Like, no, 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 dude. I saw him. I saw him. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody in the comments, all the Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum G's out there. The hive. <laughs> Sound off in the comment. <laughs> the zoo. Yeah, the zoo. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, he also really likes the way that uh, the classy ass solo starts around seven minutes. Hmm. Very samba with that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. in the background. It reminds me of uh, Thank You Scientist, the band of brother of former crossfade guest bianca reichert uh her brother is in thank you scientist and they do a lot of this kind of tone this samba rumba type rhythm yeah. mixed with metal yeah love that shit here's my he'd be my one by the way between buried and me is almost like a band name like early 2000s metal band band name generator like <laughs> name between buried and me like it makes like it's like all those fucking bands were like you know like falling after september or some shit you know what i mean August burns yeah, red. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now nearly blind. Some shit like that. Um, anyway, uh, so this would be my comment for them. Shout out to Between Buried Me, who may or may not even be still be a band or maybe broken up. I have no idea. There's always these bands where I feel like sometimes they need to like rethink what they're doing because. You're always like, yeah, and then it's like a metal song, but then they do this one thing, and then it's a metal song, and then they do this cool, like, other weird samba thing. It's like, have you ever considered that, like, being a metal band is what you're least good at? You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> No, and I don't mean that as a diss. I'm just saying it's like, it's like I feel like people gravitate to the, the things when they go off script, right? Uh -huh, so, like, have you uh -huh. ever just considered being, like, a and maybe that just means you turn into, like, Frank Zappa. I don't know. But... <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, I think I, I think that like I like it when they stretch out. Like, you know, to me, I liked. I didn't. 
to me the metal parts were like cool they were fine but it didn't like they mm-hmm. weren't like these metal songs like like when we listened to Opeth or something when Bianca yeah. like, was on I was like man those are some good metal songs right those are cool or god forbid Metallica or Metallica yeah, yeah we did Metallica but I, I just don't feel like their metal parts are on that level but I think the right. other stuff they do is cool and maybe maybe you need the contrast maybe you, need, you got your chocolate and my peanut butter you got peanut butter and my chocolate whatever but sure I don't know it's in, I always feel like sometimes bands like I feel like they, they want to be another kind of band but they're stuck to like the genre that they like sort of chose from the outset yeah, yeah. I wonder how much that has started to like lock them in, or rather than give them freedom to explore. It's like now, like we have to put a little bit of metal in this song, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, to to tie it together to give it tendons. Exactly. Um, so Kyle really likes this group anyway. He says that uh, this real lesson here uh, is that he should come back and dive into a Between the Buried and Me album uh, at some point in the future, probably Colors. Not to spoil his pick, but probably Colors, uh, which I advocate for. Come back, Kyle. We'd love to have you again. Right. All right. This last uh, final oh, song. Here we go. Final final kicker. I, I just want to. I'm assuming this is a mad ass oh, song. Number one, I just want to pay tribute to Buzzcocks. Uh, you know, truly, truly one of the great punk bands. I think in any fair, in my opinion, accounting of punk rock music, I think they're a top ten punk band. Um, I mean, I don't think that like they were doing this so early. I don't think people really understand like how bands like Green Day don't exist without the Buzzcocks. Bands like Blink-182 don't exist without the Buzzcocks, Descendants, or Go mm-hmm. Down the Line. I mean, they were really doing like what you would call pop punk in like 1975, even before there was like regular punk almost. Um, Pete Shelley, sure. uh, who passed away a couple of years ago, uh, you know, was a really like literate, sardonic, witty, lyricist, um, fairly openly gay man in punk rock music um I, I, to me just an amazing genius songwriter singles going steady uh is their their great singles comp um and you know a lot of those punk bands like really probably you know they were more singles bands back then than they were album bands and to me this is like it's a collection of music uh it's one of the great punk records um it's a i like this song for sure i would say if you like this song this is probably like the eighth or ninth best song on this record um, it's just an absolute classic. They were from like the Manchester scene that spawned the fall Smiths. Their first EP spiral scratch is probably the first independently released punk record. So they're, they're also, you know, influential in that in just dealing with the music industry as well. Um, so I, I, I truly like love this band. I was able to see them in probably the early two thousands where they were doing kind of a, they, they, they continued to put out albums here and there and they just did a tour. I saw them at first Avenue. It was, it was absolutely great. So, um, Nice. I love this band uh, there. And I, I would encourage you to check out if you like this singles going steady. The record is uh, in um, and also the album, a different kind of tension. And also he was an early kind of punk guy that went synth. Pete Shelley did a, a great synth record called homo sapiens. Um, that's also very good. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm very, I love this band and, and this is a, a great song. I'm curious, Jason, we get into it here. Like what you thought? Cause I don't know, like you're not like the most into punk. I don't think I don't, or I don't, Think, think of not yet yeah. not classic punk anyway yeah. uh so i should say first that shane cunningham told us to listen to this song it is the bug excuse me not the buzzcocks buzzcocks whatever happened to mm. any song that starts with a bass line that i think i can play is probably a yeah, good song yeah. in my book <laughs> i really like this song 
did did Bowie ever do anything with Buzzcocks? Was there ever no. any interplay there? Because I'm hearing a lot of Bowie yeah, in his I vocals. Yeah, I mean, I think all that first generation of punks, you know, were big Bowie fans. I mean, in general. Like, okay. there, was, there was Bowie, there was T-Rex, there was Iggy Pop and the Stooges, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was kind of like what, what it came out of, you know? Yeah. I need I need a school in, in classic punk then, because I grew up with, like, late 90s, mid-2000s punk and never felt the need to go back to, you know, the Kennedys, Misfits, yeah, yeah. Buzzcocks, etc. Yeah, I mean, in, like, Singles Going Steady, it's truly, it's a like singles comp, so it's all hits, you know. Ooh, hell yeah. And he had just sort of a different, like, he was way less, mo- mo- like, I don't know, he was more, like I said, sort of sly with how he did his stuff. He was way less, like, they weren't a, a super macho punk band. You know what I mean? Like, they okay. were definitely... Leaning less into the machismo yeah, of punk. Yeah, yeah, I would say. You know, they like, the Sex Pistols were always, like, you know, doing, like, scandalous shit. You know what I mean? And, like, they were, they, mm-hmm. they, were, they had a more literate vibe to them, you know? Okay. And I just think they, they also, like, they were a punk band, but they still had, like, I think some pre-punk songwriter chops, like, you know, bands like the Beatles and the Kinks, you know? Okay. The bass is, yeah, again, yeah. it's all I'm focused on. Yeah, great, catchy bass line. Oh my god, you'll love uh, Why Can't I Why Can't I Touch It by them. It has an amazing bass part. Dope. But yeah, just th- this is an g- easy band, too, because like this is like the recommendation. Like If you want to get into Buzzcocks, get singles going steady. It's like, it, it, that's that's what'll get you into them or not. I like me a good uh, singles comp, good greatest hits. All right. That was our full list of songs for this uh, community shuffle. Thank you to everyone yeah. again. You'll find your names in the show notes and we'll we'll thank you personally for that. Uh but it was it's been wonderful finding out what our community likes and like I personally loved after we released our last episode, finding out what they thought about that episode, you know? Like seeing what worked and what didn't and always getting better. Always figuring out yep. what works, and uh, and I look forward to doing the next one. Yeah, and truly, you know, everyone that supports uh, Min Max on Patreon, thanks so much. Everyone that takes the time to like listen to our show and and listen to what we're just bullshitting about every two weeks, you know, we appreciate <laughs> it. Um, sincerely, the the response has been great. Um, and you know, this is this is fun, man. It's, it's cool to like, you know, get some response from the community, listen to some stuff we would never have picked ourselves, which I think is always great. So we'll definitely come back to this. Probably give it a little rest. We haven't really done a normal episode for a while because un- unfortunately we had the MF tomb. I mean, fortunately because mm-hmm. it was a good episode, but unfortunately because he sadly passed away. Um, we're hoping we don't lose any more legends so we won't have to do a show like that again, but I'm glad we did it. Me um, too. But yeah, so uh, just thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for supporting. And, and this was a lot of fun to just get some different uh, different music we wouldn't have heard and some different recommendations. All right, so thanks, everyone. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Matt Helgeson, H-E-L-G-E-S-O-N, on Twitter. You can follow me for, I don't know, just random thoughts. Steely Dan yeah, shit. Steely Dan shit. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Uh, and I am at Nintendoofus, N-I-N-T-E-N-D-U-F-U-S. Uh, you can follow me or not. I post a lot about movies and some music, too. But um, mostly I just I just go there for Matt's tweets anyway. Yeah, good content. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. All right, take care.